This is the Stand Strong Podcast with Carrie Stoker, episode number 33. Welcome to the Stand Strong Podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Stoker, and I help Latter-day Saint women strengthen their family relationships. And I can teach you through stories and the Word of God how to navigate this challenging road. And I'm glad you're here, so let's get going. Hi, folks. Hey, it's great to have you back with me again today, and I'm excited to um, report that the wedding reception last weekend that we had for our youngest daughter was just so lovely. It was so wonderful. The weather cooperated so beautifully, and uh, because here in the Tri-Cities, it could be super, super windy, and we did have a few gusts of wind where we had to kind of anchor down the canopies, but it wasn't that bad. And it only lasted for a little bit for just, you know, less than probably 10, 15 minutes. So that was nice. But it also could be like scorching hot and it wasn't. It was warm, but it wasn't scorching hot. Definitely, you know, nice weather with a little cloud cover. So it was a it was a great time. Um beautiful, beautiful outside and had lots of help and people to make that just lovely and wonderful. And I'll tell you what, the bakery, so we own Great Harvest Bread Company here in the Tri-Cities, and we have three locations, but the bakery made this beautiful, like made these beautiful bars. And some were, one was a brownie bar, one was a cheesecake, there was a lavender shortbread, um, a key lime bar, like just so yummy. <laughs> and I just was so proud of our bakers. Well, actually, it was mostly Josh um, at the bakery who made those with some, with some, you know, insights from or just some, not some insights, but what we wanted out of there, right? So we gave like, oh, can we do this? Can we do that? And what if we topped the brownie with caramel bits? And so we <clears throat> we gave some thoughts and ideas about that, but Josh did it. It was so awesome. And this just kind of moves into what I want to talk about because because of this wedding reception for our daughter, Kate, we had some, we had people in town friends that I hadn't seen for a long time. And a couple of those friends um, had these two different undesirable circumstances that were very current in their life. So I wanted to talk about that because it gave me a great um, reflection on some things that I had learned from my leadership coach and mentor, Dan Duckworth. So and I will get into that. But what I want to um, just kind of describe is this first friend. They had moved kind of across the country um, just a year ago. And they found a house that could accommodate their really big family. And, um, and, and it was in an area that they that they wanted to move to. Anyway, they moved into this house. They did a lot of remodeling when they first moved in because there were some things about it that didn't quite suit them. But um, with a little remodeling and some work, they made it better and they made it more to their liking. But they've only been there a year. And when they came back 
they were visiting in Utah for a little bit before they came to the reception. When they came, when they got to Utah, where they had lots of family and friends, they just decided like they really did not love living across the country. They just didn't love where they were. And their number one complaint about where they were living is that there really was no outside space for their children to run and play. Their property is on a steep slope. And so there really wasn't like a big yard. They have lots of kids and they wanted yard space. And they thought that maybe that would be fine, that they could accept that, work with that, etc. We thought that would be fine, but it just, it wasn't after a year, they're saying, no, this isn't fine <laughs> that, that they didn't want to have this anymore, or they just, they just don't want to live with that anymore. They really needed their kids to be outside playing in the yard near the house, etc. So that was part of it. That was probably one of the big reasons. And another reason is because they were so far away from family and they had lived close to family. And they wanted to do that again. And so on this trip over, they just decided, let's, let's move. Let's move back to Utah close to family. And so that was this, like they were, they were changing this undesirable circumstance. They were, they had gone through this process of, of what to do when you're in undesirable circumstance. So I want to go through those three options. Because when you face an undesirable circumstance, you have three choices. This is what I've learned from Dan Duckworth, my leadership coach. He says, you have, you can do one of three things. You can, number one, just leave it. You can just leave. Number two, you can struggle or engage in this struggle and effort to change the circumstance. And then the third choice that you have is you can accept it and bear it. And so with those, I looking at um, those three choices, this family, they're, what they're doing now is leaving it. They're, that their option or the three options of those three options right now, their choice is to leave it. And I think they engaged in the struggle to change it. That's the second option. They did that over this past year, just kind of struggle to change this undesirable, you know, remodeling the house, um, figuring out other things for the kids to do rather than be out in the yard. Um, they had some other things that they were, that they were doing. They could travel back and forth to see family, even though it was quite a distance. You know, they had some things that they were trying and things that they were um, wanting to do or that they had they had struggled to try to change and make this what seemed like an undesirable circumstance more desirable. Um, but they now were deciding to leave it. The, the real question is, so you, we all have these three choices. You could do one of those three things, but the question is, regardless of what you choose, will you do it poorly or will you do it well? That's what Dan Duckworth is asking. As, you know, as a leadership coach and mentor of your three choices, are you going to do it poorly or are you going to do it well? Are you going to create more um, grief and dis dis 
ease in your life? Or are you going to do this in a way that you grow and change and and you are Christian-like about doing it? And, um, and are you going to reflect on it in a way that continues to help you grow and learn instead of maybe being um, disparaging about the situation or you know, do it well and speak of the things that helped you, uh, I don't know, grow and learn and become more like the Savior. I have an example of when I had a child enter high school she was placed in one of her classes with a teacher that we had heard was so unorganized. Um, they, they would, this teacher would have assignments that she would lose, you know, that her students would turn in or she wasn't timely or even accurate sometimes in recording test scores and, and her books just weren't, she just wasn't organized and she was forgetful. And not only that, it just felt like I had, I had heard that her instruction just wasn't helping her students um, prepare for college and their next steps, you know, in school and their next classes. And so anyway, having been warned about that and then kind of hearing about this teacher and then my child was given this teacher as, um, you know, as their teacher. So I was concerned about this and, and I, I just felt like I don't want to have my child in that kind of situation. I think this was her freshman year in high school. And so like, this is going to be a struggle and <laughs> this is going to be hard, like to have to deal with this, her as a freshman and just entering high school and, um, anyway, I, I just wanted to switch out teachers. Well, the school wasn't super helpful with that. They didn't want to do that. They just, I couldn't give them a good reason enough to do that. No, they weren't going to switch her out. And so, so I'm like, ah, oh, because my, I had, you know, if I have those three choices, mine was, well, let's leave it. That's, that's easy. That's a simple one. Let's leave it. But when that wasn't available to me, um, you know, I just, we were just kind of scratching our heads like, okay, so what do we do? Do we accept it and suffer it? Do we try to change how this goes in the classroom? And what's interesting is that this was like the first few days, right, of class. And I had had this conversation with a counselor about, you know, wanting to change her on the night before. And so the next day, and no, she can't change classes and she's going to stay with this teacher. And I'm trying to accept that. So the next day I get a phone call midday that said, um, it looks like your daughter skipped that class or didn't go to that class. And they knew that, you know, there was this, um, I guess, decision made that she must go to that class. And so where's your daughter? She skipped it. And, and, um, I think they just really wanted to know like how I was feeling about that and how she was feeling about that because, um, they expected her to be in class. Well, what's crazy is that she was in class 
it was just such evidence. Like, wait, my daughter was in class and everyone in the class can vouch for that. I, you know, double checked on that and made sure, yep, she was in class. We all could vouch for that. In fact, they brought her in and talked to her about it. And, and so she was allowed to change teachers. <laughs> kind of worked out um, the way I wanted it to because of that little mishap that the teacher didn't record her accurately of being there. Oh my goodness, so funny. Now, what's interesting is that a couple of years later, her sister was given the same teacher. And for whatever reason, it didn't feel the same. It didn't feel like we needed to change her out of that classroom. I don't know if it was, you know, because this daughter had different skills, organizational skills herself, um, or I, I just, I don't remember, but it felt okay to leave her in there. Like we could manage the disorganization of the teacher, um, well enough. And we didn't feel like our daughter would be in any disadvantage by staying in that classroom. And so we decided to take the option of accept it and bear it. That's the third of the three choices on our list there. So I just felt like she, we could accept that she could be in that classroom with that teacher and and bear it, and we would be able to manage, um, we would just be able to manage it. She would be able to, and I think I just had more skills and more awareness of how to help my high school students, and so, so it worked out. Both cases, it worked out, and the first one, we had her leave that undesirable circumstance, and the second one, we had her accept it and bear it. So another example, just like I was saying this um, past week, I talked to another longtime friend whose undesirable circumstance is that she's living with an emotionally and verbally abusive spouse. And she said to me, Carrie, I feel like I have three options. And then she related to me those same three options that I had just told you about that Dan Duckworth had outlined to me. And, and she said, I feel like I have these three options. I could just leave. I could just leave my husband or I could just stick with it and really engage in some more in trying to change it. I could, I could, I could just stay and like, I could try counseling. We could try some other things that maybe, um, that they hadn't tried yet, but just to stay in and engage in that struggle to change it. She said, or I feel like I just accept it. Like this is how it's going to be. I'm not changing. He's not changing. This is just how it's going to be. And I will just bear it. I said, Hey, those are the three choices that, that I give people. And I say, you have these three choices of doing it. But the real question is, how are you going to do it? Are you going to do it poorly and well? Because to answer, like, what are you going to do? I have no idea. I don't know what she should do. I don't know what my friend, you know, moving or not, what really what their best choice is to be. That's, that's not a decision I can make, obviously. And, and she wasn't, neither of them were asking. They really were just talking about, you know, trying to make this choice. So 
I I turned to the scriptures now today as I'm thinking about these and thought of a, some examples of each one of those choices just to help see how that has been applied in the past in the scriptures and then maybe help to see what that is like maybe for us. You know, you can see yourself maybe in some of these situations and what to do and what that might look like. So the first one, leave it, that sounds pretty obvious <laughs> what that might look like. And I thought about Joseph in Egypt and the very undesirable circumstance of being in the house alone with Potiphar's wife and how he fled that. He left it. He opted for choice number one, which was to flee that. We look at that probably and say, oh, did he really have other choices? Well, we all do. You're in undesirable circumstance. You can, you can, um, you do have one of the three choices. And so he fled that one. Now, did he do that poorly or well? Interesting question, huh? Something to think about, like how that handled and how that played out afterwards. Our choices, when when we feel like, okay, this is what I need to do, um, it may not be rosy just leaving it. Sometimes that feels like, oh, this is going to be just the best. I'm just going to walk away. I'm going to walk away from this job. I'm going to walk away from this relationship. I'm going to walk away from this place I live. And, you know, what happens when we leave is that we're still taking our mind with us. And so it's important that you are managing your mind around leaving it. And um, and probably when you receive that guidance from Heavenly Father to leave it, that you will need to be continually in His... Um, in his love and in his instruction um, with the Holy Ghost continuing to help you through that decision. Leaving it is not always like, oh, that's the easiest answer. Um, okay, another, the example of um, struggling or engaging in that effort to change it is I think about Alma and Amulek when they're in Ammonihah and if you remember Alma, like when he first went there to preach, they, they would have nothing to do with him. And so he like left that place. <laughs> like, I'm not going, I am not staying there. So on his way out though, an angel stops him and says, um, you need to go back, you need to go back and you need to preach to this people. So he does, he goes back, Amulek meets him as he enters the city um, and Amulek takes him in and and then they go to preach. And so this engaging this effort to change what's going on in Ammonihah, to, to preach the gospel, to lead people to Christ. And they do, they have great success. There's a lot of people that do follow the teachings of Jesus Christ as Alma and Amulek preached to them. And even though there was that success, there was, there was a lot of struggle. Um, it continued to be struggle. And it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, the whole city turned around. In fact, it did not. Anyway, just an example of Alma and Amulek just engaging in that effort to make some changes of this undesirable circumstance of preaching to a people 
that at first wouldn't listen. Okay, the third one, which is the choice to accept it and suffer it. I thought about Paul in the New Testament and how Paul had a thorn in his side. And and he had prayed, it said three times, well, thrice, it says three times he had prayed about that thorn in his side, this physical condition. He wanted to get rid of it. I really appreciated this because I feel like I've done this. I've, I suffered with migraine headaches for 40 years and had this thorn in my side. And I've prayed and fasted and priesthood blessings to have this thorn taken away from me, this these headaches. And so anyway, I can really appreciate this. And there's, I, I love this about just these short verses about this thorn in his side is that there is, there is reason for it. There is a beauty in it, in this accepting it and, and bearing it. And that was God's answer to his inquiry and his request to have it taken away is that there's there's reason for it. And Paul says, I will accept it and bear it if that can be a way of, you know, glorifying Christ's name. I want to, I guess, challenge you to consider the undesirable circumstances that are in your life, whether they are coming up or have been in the past. And let's just say, you know, you've had something in the past, an undesirable circumstance, you've made one of these choices, and I want you to reflect on it. Are you still moving forward poorly or well about that past decision? Are you staying in integrity as a Christian? Are you following the example of Jesus Christ when you are making these decisions and saying, I am going to do this well. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to do this well. I'm going to live the gospel of Jesus Christ as best I can as I work through the choices of what to do in this undesirable circumstance. All right. Love you all. And I look forward to the next time when we're together. Talk to you soon.